listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. Well, good morning for me. Hello, everyone, whether it's morning or afternoon or indeed evening. Hello to all of those. Let's say good day. Good day from Left After Breakfast. Susanna here with you again. And I'll be joined, of course, by the usual suspects, the 3CR resident historian, the BL from the bush, and we will do our utmost to track down the bagman, the oh-so-elusive bagman. Last week he was tied up with legal proceedings about possession of a treehouse somewhere in Coburg. But I'm hoping this week... We're all hoping that he'll be free and able to broadcast from the treetops again. What's happened this week? Listener, we have lost a very good friend and comrade, Bob Mancor, and we'll speak about him a little later on. In the meantime, our Prime Minister, Smirko Morrison himself, has been talking about a new deal for our response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And he outlined a roadmap for us. He outlined a roadmap for our pathway to the journey to our passage that will take us hopefully to the finish line. Well, he said, we now have a map to get us to the four-stage horizon pathway. It was very careful to point out he doesn't actually hold the map. He doesn't hold a map. And what he said was, while we don't know how long it will take to get there or how we will get there or where we will get to when we get there or why we're going or when we'll leave or who will be coming with us, Australians should feel reassured knowing that after 17 months, we now have a clear course towards the highway horizon outcome. I won't be taking any questions. Thank you. This new approach will begin at some point in the future and has already started. It is subject to change. Uh, good morning. You're listening to 3CR, the only radio left. Crikey, that was the bag man himself. But I'm afraid that was just a little gremlin or pixie. No, no, something pleasant in the works there. A brownie, a little Scottish brownie in the works that managed to throw in that message from the bagman for us. But it's so good to hear his voice. And before I go on much longer, listener, I would like to start with, as I so often do here on Left After Breakfast, with that rousing rendition of... Bella Chow. Thank you. 
things are a little difficult for Morrison right now, and they should be. He's finding it very difficult to worm his way around a firestorm of allegations. Allegations that not only is his government rife with toxicity, but that he himself is a culprit. Yes, he himself. Since the beginning of this year, Smirko has been, well, shall we say, losing his way with women. Just look at what he's done the way he handled a litany of allegations and social protests, how he handled Brittany Higgins' explosive story of rape inside Parliament House. Well, his handling of all that was just saying the word inadequate is being kind. Then when he moved on to protect then-Attorney-General Christian Porter from a from an historic allegation of rape, and then he tried to silence all those women on a mission to march for justice, standing outside his door, and he just said, you know, they're lucky they're not being shot. Well, well, that's our Prime Minister for you. Now, some new allegations against the PM have surfaced. Former Liberal MP Julia Banks has released a book which she calls Power Play, and she recounts a government in disarray since the ousting of Malcolm Turncoat. Oh, sorry, Trumbull. Sorry, Turnbull. Malcolm Turnbull. She details events that convey a backwards era, something like a 1980s boys' club, in which women, like herself, are routinely subjected to bullying, undermining and sexual harassment. She said... It was very much like it was stepping back in time. I had worked my entire life in pretty much blokey cultures, male-dominated cultures in both the legal and the corporate sector, and I had seen a transformational change over the years in the corporate world. But then when I entered politics, it really felt like I went straight back to the early 1980s. It was extraordinary, she said. She labelled Morrison as a ringleader. She paints the picture of a man hell-bent on changing the narrative rather than changing the culture. His sole drive is to retain power, not purpose. She said it was the first three months of Morrison's leadership that was definitely the most gut-wrenching, distressing period of my entire career. Having previously navigated countless male-dominated spaces, Banks was shocked by the gender imbalance of power in Australia's Parliament. Now get this one, listener. She reflects on an incident in which a senior male cabinet minister sexually violated her at a public event, running his hand down her inner thigh, surrounded by witnesses. Banks says, I know worse things have happened to other women in the workplace, but what disturbed me at that was, here I was, a 50-something corporate lawyer, a member of parliament, and that move was made at me. An outstandingly, an outstandingly brazen act. Morrison denied having known about the incident, and unsurprisingly, <laughs> he rejects Banks' other accusations of coercion and, in and intimidation tactics. Well... There's a lot of evidence that shows that many other Australian women feel the same way. According to exclusive survey results for The Age and the SMH, 
women's primary vote for the government has fallen from 41% to 37% since the last election. Well, I don't think that's enough. I really don't think that's enough. Why are 37% of women in this country supporting this bloody government? It's a mystery to me. But still, that fall in support is a considerable threat to the Prime Minister and he has to somehow inexplicably regain some more women to support him before an election. How he's going to do that, I just don't know. I really have no idea. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's Voice of Dissent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. We'll be talking to the 3CR resident historian soon, but before I get on to Glenn, I want to cheer myself up with a nice bright bit of music and I've gone for Guantanamera, Wahira Guantanamera.
sucede un pesar profundo entre las penas sin nombre. Yo sé de un pesar profundo entre las penas sin nombre. La esclavitud de los hombres es la gran pena del mundo. I've hooked up with Glenn, the 3CR resident historian, 
and he's going to tell us about Black Lives Matter. 2020 wasn't a great year for humanity. Pandemics, other issues confronted us around the world. But one great example of solidarity, of struggle, was a Black Lives Movement Matters in America. Black Lives Matters was a, a movement to challenge the ingrained racism so inherent in American society. And um, I'm looking at the sporting field as how people challenge this, this embedded racism. And um, we've seen great names in the sporting field in America over the years. Anthea Gibson, Muhammad Ali, Jesse, J- Jesse, Adams, Jesse, J- Jesse Adams, and Jesse James all stood up against racism over time. But um, with the Black Lives Matter, we saw a new, new challenge, new chapter in the campaign. And um, we saw the National Basketball Association, the National Basketball Players Association, boycott matches against racism. The Los Angeles Lakers spoke about boycotting the whole season. Uh, we've seen in the gridiron strikes, actions. People like um, San Francisco 49ers, Colin Kaepernick's knee protests. And the slogan Black Lives Matter has adorned playing arenas across the US. And it wasn't just recently black sportsmen in the US have challenged racism. I mentioned Ali, Gibson, Jesse James. Let's go back to the early 1960s, where um, in the 1961 basketball season in Lexington, Kentucky, the Boston Celtics went down there to play a game, and the black members of the team were refused service at a restaurant. So they boycotted the game. This is 1961. This is when the civil rights movement was very young. You know, this is after Rosa Parks before Martin Luther King, and the black opponents in the other side, St. Louis Hawks, refused to play. Unfortunately, the white players on both sides had not played. So the Celtics played the Hawks, but only the white players. And one of the key players who went on strike was a chap called Bill Russell. He'd become a long-term activist who supported the campaign for civil rights. And even today, he's still involved in campaigns against racism. And it's not just there. In the, in the green line, we know in 1965, there was an all-star match played in New Orleans at the Tulane Stadium. And all guys said to be no racialists in New Orleans. It was all above board. But when 21 black players were up in New Orleans, they met hostility, refused service, refused taxi rides, hotels, restaurants, refused to serve them. And this caused outrage. So again, AFL stars, Jack Kemp, Ron Mix took up the cause. And the players basically said, you know, we're a, a racially abused in New Orleans, we won't play. After the outrage, the, the racial abuse as they arrived in New Orleans, the players said, okay, We've got more abuse, we'll go on strike. We won't play the All-Star game in New Orleans. And they didn't play. They got some sort of compromise where they moved the ground, moved the game from New Orleans to Houston, but a far smaller crowd attended. And uh, this is another example of challenging racism in the sporting arena in the US. In the 1970s, there's a mob called the Syracuse 8 from Syracuse University football team. And they decided to challenge racism in the university football circuits, you know. Um, there's chaps like Ernie Davis, Jim Brown, and they demanded better medical care for black Americans, strong academic support for student athletes, and find black coaches, like black assistant coaches, a whole team of black players are just white coaches. And um, they took action in 1970 with Syracuse 8, and a black assistant coach was employed. It was actually games made, but the university took a position. They wouldn't pick the players. They said, okay, you're protesting, we're not going to pick you. So the Syracuse 8 were denied again to the university for that season and the following season. Following 2006, the Syracuse University gave a group of medals recognizing its skills as footballers. So be the Syracuse 8, be the, the basketballers in Lexington, Kentucky, 
but the hour for all-star game New Orleans, racism in America and sportsmen have a long link of showing those this oppression, this injustice, so inherent in American society. And it's not just America, look at Australia. Was Adam Goods, one of the greats of the Australian game, booed, booed out of the game by racist bigots in the crowd. Other indigenous players, Robbie Muir, for example, has copped ongoing racism in his career. You know, I was towards a kid. White Australia has a black history. So whether it's the, uh, whether it's Afro-Americans, whether it's indigenous Australians, whether it's in the world, there's racism, there's oppression, it needs to be called out. And as I said to you, 2020 wasn't a great year for humanity. The pandemic and perhaps misfortunes have fell us. But one great example in 2020 on resistance, a fine oppression with a Black Lives Matter. So I say, I support not just myself, all thinking people, the Black Lives Matter. Let's tackle racism in all its forms, but in the US or in Australia. And you'll hear more about Black Lives Matter and progressive causes here on 3CR. And you'll see Glenn, I don't want to just have a Duffy show, left after breakfast. And I'll say, as my forebears would say, Chakula. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Uh, good morning, you're listening to 3CR, the only radio left. You're listening to 3CR, 855 AM, on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. As I said earlier, we have just lost a good man, Bob Mancor, unionist musician, good man and gentleman. The BL from the bush will say more about Bob. Yeah, good morning, comrade. Morning, listener. It's the BL from the bush calling in. And uh, calling in today with a, some sad news for our uh, listeners is the uh, passing of a, our old mate, Bobby Mancor, the uh, staunch builder's labourer, unionist activist. Bob has been around the traps for longer than me, or... I first met Bob back in the middle 70s and working as a labourer around the traps. He was, as I said, he was a staunch builder's labourer. He, uh, he was always there for the, for the count. He was always there when it, uh, when it mattered. He was always willing to, uh, to have a crack at what was going on at the time. Now, as I said, I first met Bob back in the middle 70s. Now, I'd just come up from the bush and started on the job there in the, in the city 500 Burke Street, and uh, we'd been on the job there for, for two or three days, I think it was, and the organiser turned up and said, there's a there's a demonstration on. I just can't think for the moment what the demo was about. We called for, called for support for the demo, and uh, the job voted, and away we went down to join the, join the demo. Uh, getting down there, and I see this enormous man. He, geez, he was a big bloke. Carrying a Eureka flag in this demo. I thought, oh, have a look at this bloke. Anyway, later on down the track, I got to know Bob. He was always a wealth of information for you and uh, was always willing to share a story with you. But a lot of times, Bob would, his mind or his thoughts would go back to his, uh, his home country of South Africa, the horrors and what he'd seen under the, the apartheid system there. And that'd stay with Bob. For a long, long time, or it's to right up until the end, I would imagine. Yeah, that's I think was the driving force behind Bob's humanitarianism, his his staunchness in not seeing people oppressed, stood over, used, abused, or anything like that. Bob would just couldn't couldn't handle that, and he would do his best to um, to rectify that fault. It's just, he was always a, a champion of the of the underdog. You could sort of over the over the journey, you'd be going to picket lines or job site or wherever there was a struggle, and Bob would be there or had been there or whatever, and I'd know that because uh, there'd be some music getting played somewhere along the line. There'd be a few at a picket line, and be someone have an old tape deck or, or whatever, and they'd be playing out the songs of Woody Guthrie or Union songs. And say, oh yeah, that's where'd you get them? Said, oh yeah, Mancor's been. He dropped some dropped some songs off for us and. The caravan would be there with the thing, with the music pumping out and shot into the boss's face over the fence or wherever it'd be or back into the back to uh, to help the workers um, find out what the struggles the previous years were all about. But yeah, but Bob had been there and um, put his two bobs worth in there. Excuse the pun. And speaking of that, he um, he was in his own right a bit of a singer-songwriter, Bob. He um, didn't mind putting a bit of pen to paper and, and having a bit of a go at it. He uh, he was always um, 
you always used to come to the Builders Library's uh, stalwarts uh, gathering. We used to have, we used to have once a year. Bob would troop up from Geelong and join us there, guitar in hand, and halfway through the day, uh, everyone's feeling pretty good and everyone's a singer, everyone's a rock star, everyone's everything else, and uh, Bob would get the... Uh, Bob would get the guitar out and he'd start strumming away and away we'd go, we'd break into song. It always led off with the Builder's Labour song, uh, which I think, I can, I will be stand to be corrected on this, but I think the original song, it was penned by an Irishman back in the early 70s. Bob's wife, Audrey, I think, was part of the uh, backing vocals or the part of the female voice of on that uh, track. As I said, I... Sure, that's how I remembered it, but I could be mistaken. It wouldn't be the first, won't be the last. So, so the man called Stamps very well and truly in the uh, in the Builders Labourers Federation. Now, there's one one song that Bob penned that I've know one of the verses of. Well, I think I know the verses of it, but it's about an old Builders Labourer grabbing his last breaths on his on his sort of on his deathbed. And the first sort of song paragraphs goes like this, and I ain't singing it, so I'll just an old Builders Labourer lay dying. Lay on his side and lifted his head and said, Wrap me up in my overalls and scaffold belt. Bury me deep down below, away from the coppers and bosses, in the shade where the fabcos don't grow. That was uh, one verse of quite a many, which I can't remember for some strange reason, comrades. <laughs> Might have had something to do with the, uh, the day's activities but anyway that's some a bit of just a very sh- small portion of bob's some of bob's work as i said it was never a dull moment when when he had the guitar out he'd be singing away and it, it just completely made the day but his uh his contribution to to the to the industry was renowned but it just didn't start and stop there as we used to say uh just didn't start and stop at the no ticket no start sign on the gate it was all you know he 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 would have a go in the community as well if he knew that there was a sweatshop down the road and, uh, unskilled and uh, migrant workers were getting good and stood over or abused or whatever bob would be there or make sure that some someone knew about it uh the same would go to the branch meetings and that that Bob would take to his feet and he'd say, well, look, this, this and this is happening here. These people need our support. And he, Bob would move motions or Bob would make sure that that his voice was heard and also the voice of the um, the Builders Labors Federation was uh, seen to be doing something to help others. It just wasn't in one particular area that he shone, quite a few. So, as I said, I've, I'd known Bob for for over the journey, over the years, and he sort of he never changed. He always he he was always thinking about someone doing a lot worse than what he was, or or trying to help help give someone a bit of a lift up. That was was that was his legacy, and and his family and the rest of us were very proud proud of uh, what he's achieved and what he did. Um, he will be sorely missed, that's for sure. That's probably about it for me today, uh, listener. I hope we can get the Builder's Labour song on just to finish off uh, our tribute to Bob. But if we can or we can't, we'll, we'll see how we go. But anyway, I'll uh, sign off the same old way. Dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't fight, you lose. Good morning for Left After Breakfast. We're putting up new buildings, we're knocking down the old 
We're working in the summer heat and in the winter cold. And the labour power we sell, me boys, for a hard and weekly pay, produces mighty profits for the greedy MBA. And whether we were born here or born in Italy, in Greece, in Spain, or Ireland, in England or Fiji, we all of us are workers united. We must stand. Until the wealthy bludgers have been driven from our land. We faced deregistration, it backfired in the face. We're not fooled by arbitration, we won't stay in our place. We hit the bosses hard and fast to win and keep our gains. And break a couple of concrete pours to back our lug of claims. So keep your powder dry and hold your head up high. It's glass to glass and face to face. Our limit is the sky. We've got a fighting history and we never will be cowed. Our builder's labour is a name to make a man feel proud. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. You are indeed listening to 3CR, and we've just been hearing from the BL from the bush as he spoke some words for Bob Mancor. I've got some terrific stories of Bob, what a great fellow he was, and I'm glad that I managed to dig up the BLF song. Golly, I heard that years years ago, the first time on 3CR. Oh, back in 81, 82, I suppose. But anyhow, I'd also like to play a bit of music for the BL from the Bush, a union song dedicated to Bob Mancor and to the BL from the Bush, and indeed to the Bagman, good union men. And don't forget, of course, dear listener, the time when the Bagman's own song, his version of You Can't Get Me, I'm Part of the Union, was actually top of the hit parade for 11 months running. The public radio hit parade, that is. The only one that matters. But anyhow, here's a good union song for those boys. Shirts in with dogs and mace I'll hold the line, won't step away Cause you can't break me I belong, you belong We belong to the union Don't count me out when I'm on the floor We'll win again, we've won before The streets will ring with a mighty roar Cause you can't break me Stocks 
rise up on workers' backs. Profits soar while you hand out the sack. Boardroom bullies bloated and fat, but you can't break me. Australia's sold to mates offshore. Backroom deals and shonky law. This day has come, we say no more. You can't break me. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. We won't turn away if you dare us to fight. I swear I'll never lay down and die. Strong women and men united as one, but you can't break me. There's a warning here to the men in grey. The pipers come, it's time to pay. We're taking back what you stole away, cause you can't break me. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. I belong, you belong, we belong. And of course, we all do, don't we? Dear listener, I'd like to thank you all again for your support that you gave to 3CR on our very recent Radiothon. It's really, really good of you. I mean that. I know it hasn't been easy. Oh, God, it hasn't been easy for a while, has it? But since we've had this pandemic on us, Times have just got that little bit harder, very much harder. So I thank you again for your pledges towards keeping the radio station operating for another year. You've been doing that for us right from the very, very beginning, since 1976. And I thank you again. Now, I've just had a bit of breaking news here about the bag man, the oh-so-elusive bag man. He is more elusive than ever. No, we're having problem now with the treehouse. The issue of tenancy of the treehouse has been solved. They're now sitting down signing some papers or whatever, but I, I'm not sure they'll be in time for the bagman to get on the radar dish and hit the tom-tom drums. Oh, Carruthers. Yeah. 
Listening to 3CR Community Radio, Melbourne's Voice of Dissent. 3CR Community Radio, 855 on the AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org.au or on 3CR Digital in Melbourne. He'd invite the neighbours out with this chorus Come on, shake the leg and tans Come out and fight me like a man Show your wife how you want medals down the Flanders Hello, how the IRA made you run like hell away From the green and lovely lanes of Pilishandra Come, let us hear you tell How you slandered great Parnell When you taught him a well and truly persecuted What are the sneers and jeers That you loudly let us hear When our leaders of 16 were executed Come out, shiver like in tans Come out and fight me like a man Show your wife how you want medals Down in Flanders And our the IRA Made you run like hell away From the green and lovely lanes Of Kilishandra Come tell us how you slew Them all Arabs two by two Like the Zulus they had spears Of bow and arrows How bravely you faced one With your sixteen pound of gone And you frightened them Them natives to the marrow Come out shiver like in tans Come out and fight me like a man Show your wife how you want medals down 
Sharon Grove. The time is coming fast, and I think this day is near. When he's shown in traitor, he will run before us. And if there'll be a need, well, our kids will say Godspeed. With a verse or two of singing this fine chorus. Sheeran's at an end, so my promise I'll fulfill To sing a song the Union to defend Though I must admit the fact that they showed a want of tact But the error made is one that they can mend So stick to one another, steadfast as a brother And never lose an inch that we have gained for we know that right is might, so we'll boldly stand and fight Till the object of our struggle is attained Old Asa wrote a fable how the strong man was unable To break the bundled sticks across his knees But when he cut the cord, he broke them easily Because he broke the bond, the bond of unity so stick to one another, steadfast as a brother, and never lose an inch that we have gained. For we know that right is right, so we'll boldly stand and fight, till the object of our struggle is attained. That the shearers played their part, with manly honest heart, is evident to any man with brains. But when they went to law, little justice there they saw, but imprisonment or confiscated claims. So stick to one another, as steadfast as a brother, and never lose an inch that we have gained. For we know that right is right, so we'll boldly stand and fight, till the object of our struggle is attained. The squatters can't deny, no matter how they try, that avarice overruled their better sense. And they never would have stopped till the price of shearing dropped down as low as 10 or 15 bob percent. So stick to one another, steadfast as a brother, and never lose an inch that we have gained. For we know that right is right, so we'll boldly stand and fight Till the object of our struggle is obtained Then it's not all surprising with the price of rations rising That the shearer's time has come to make a stand Now we've shown the bold example The employers cannot trample The right to freedom that we cherish in this land so stick to one another, as steadfast as a brother, and never lose an inch that we have gained. 
for we know that right is right, so we'll boldly stand and fight till the object of our struggle is obtained. So we'll give a hearty cheer and hope the coming year every man will give support with heart and hand. And with the plucky spirit, wealth to the world will prove it. The foundation of the union's not on sand. So stick to one another, steadfast as a brother, and never lose an inch that we have gained. For we know that right is right, so we'll boldly stand and fight till the object of our struggle is obtained. You will eat by and by in that glorious land above the sky. Work and pray, live on hay. You'll get high in the sky when you die. That's a lie. <laughs> Long-haired creatures come out every night. Try to tell you what's wrong and what's right. But when asked about something to eat, they will answer with voices so sweet. You will eat by and by in that glorious land above the sky. Work and pray, live on hay. You'll get by in the sky when you die. That's a lie. Oh, the starvation army, they say, <laughs> while they sing and they clap and they pray, till they get all your coin on the drum, then they'll tell you that you're on the bum. You will eat by and by in that glorious land of the sky, work and pray. to get something good in this life you're a sinner and a bad man they tell when you die you will surely go to hell working men of all countries unite side by side we for freedom will fight when this world and its wealth we have gained to the grafters we'll sing this refrain. You will eat my advice when you've learned how to cook and to fry. Chop some wood, twill do you good, and you'll eat in the sweet by and by. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet www.3cr.org.au Remember in the old days how we sucked up to the plums We stood and sang their anthem like a pack of Uncle Toms And they bought our beef and wool So we let them test our bombs in the heartland of Australia Where the black-skinned nation roams 
was nothing in the papers but what was being done. If Robert Menzies knew by Christ he wasn't letting on, but he loved his flaming knighthood, that great Australian son, much more than he loved the land where the pigeon chatter run. Out on the plains of Marlinga, what happened there was a bloody disgrace. Out on the plains of Marlinga, was total disregard for the black Australian race. No one asked local people if they thought it was okay. If you haven't got a job, mate, you haven't got a say. Oh, and if we lost a few, they were only in the way. If they'd been white, then bet your backside that'd be holy shit to pay. Out on the plains of Marlinga, what happened there was a bloody disgrace. Out on the plains of Marlinga, was total disregard for the black Australian race. Dreadful out was harmless, they knew that was a lie But it never slowed them up and there was people come close by Who'd tell a story how they saw a big flash in the sky Then they all got sick and one by one began to slowly die Out on the plains of Marlinga what happened there was a bloody disgrace Out on the plains of Marlinga Was total disregard for the black Australian race The sun set on the empire, then he never thought it would. And now your Uncle Sam controls the neighborhood. In the name of peace and justice, he swears he's Robin Hood. But in Chile and El Salvador, the truth is understood. He's got bureaucrats and technocrats, diplomats and spies, working for the Pentagon that it's bloody nose and eyes. But you only feel disheartened until you realize when the workers of the world unite, what twice the bloody size. Out on the plains of Marlinga, what happened there was a bloody disgrace. Out on the plains of Marlinga, was total disregard for the black Australian race. Out on the plains of Marlinga, what happened there was a bloody disgrace. Out on the plains of Marlinga, was total disregard for the whole human race.